Occupy this album with the song Greed. Welcome to the Occupy. Occupy. Sorry, I'm going back to my old days on the Occupy radio. That was, uh, this is the Peppermint Cat Resistance. And I am your host, Stephanie Piddock. And I am also have a co-host named Chris Karras. And he is with me tonight. He has been on a little bit of vacation. And uh, (laughs) I will introduce myself quickly. I am a former candidate for uh, Congress in Connecticut, and I am looking to hopefully run for governor in Connecticut. 
And we are talking tonight about direct democracy, and we are joined by Nick and Tony from uh, Direct Democracy for Canadians. They have a Facebook group, and they are actively promoting direct democracy, and there's several actual parties in Canada that are advocating for direct democracy, which isn't happening in the U.S. That's we're hoping to get going here. So with that, I will turn it over to Chris. He can say a few words and go, Chris. Oh, hi, I'm Chris. I haven't run for anything. Um, I'm I'm in Arizona. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, my background is uh, advertising and advertising research, so I understand the spin aspect of, of politicians and politics. Um, I just got involved because uh, – I wanted to help Stephanie out with her campaign up in Connecticut, and it turned into a radio show, and um, it's really interesting. I'm I'm just here as kind of the the citizen listening in. Uh, back to you, or or is Nick here already, or are we waiting for them? Yes, yeah, I'm here. Nick okay. and uh, Tony are both here with us. Yes, Nick, you can uh, introduce us to Tony and give us a little bit. Okay, so Tony uh, Tony is from the States also, I believe is from Portland, uh, and uh, he's, uh, he's, he is part of the group, uh, but he's uh, here to, um, to talk about his um, website, and uh, Tony, are you there? Yeah. Okay, Tony, so I'll get Tony to uh, introduce the, the website, uh, and uh, maybe uh, you can introduce yourself to everybody, uh, Tony? Sure, yeah. Um I am from Portland, Oregon, uh, where we've seen market force of price all the, the people who grew up in that city right out of it. Um, anyone who's left is working all the time just to make ends meet. So uh, uh, I've, uh, I guess I, you could say I have a stake in the battle. I've, I've been trying to return to my hometown, and it's just too damn expensive. It's, it's really a shame thinking this is what's going to happen to everyone's hometown if it becomes nice. It's just going to be right. so expensive to live there. We're all going to be driven out. That's the, that's our mode of economic operation. Yes, and it has to change. Absolutely, and uh, and you know I was uh, very inspired by the Occupy movement myself, um, and I I couldn't help but notice as a, as a time I was uh, trying to be a computer science major or switched majors, but at that point it was pretty darn obvious that we just we just need better technology to bring people together it's it's great seeing people give a shit and get off their asses and go to a place where they can talk together where we can we can work on things together as the people but obviously when you have 300 million people in a country you're going to need a better format than just hey let's all meet up at the park you know right (laughs) yeah Absolutely. Uh, so there's, uh, yeah, and so we've seen uh, since that time, and possibly before it, honestly, um, there has been a, a tremendous amount of activity behind direct democracy. People um, all over the world, I mean, far beyond the English-speaking world, every corner of the globe, people are starting to look at their leaders, uh, their so-called representatives, and discuss, and they're, and they're thinking, well, Clearly, this was not the way. Clearly, we need a better way of, of making decisions. And so, um, 
you know, uh, my I, when I switched majors, I went into psychology and I started reading about these communicative processes, dialectical processes, and and realized um, there's there's one great book I recommend uh, anyone read if they're if they're interested. It's called The Towel of Conversation, and it's it's written by a PhD professor who basically began studying the um, sort of default modes of interaction that his students would engage in when it came time to discuss or or even deliberate. He noticed um, he noticed a few different modes that they tend to fall into, but there's the two that we all know. And the first one is called uh, the beauty pageant. And when when a group is engaged in a beauty pageant, they don't give a flying damn about the truth. All they care about is winning. That's their only concern. If someone has a better idea, they don't care. In fact, they want no one to notice because that will distract them from their idea and all they care about is winning. So you see the group uh, becomes incredibly dysfunctional and, um, and progress is not made. Uh, but uh, of all the communication methods, there's, a, there's another, which is the, the polar extreme opposite which is that uh, he calls it barn building. And this is, this is taken from the Amish who don't care who in their community needs a barn. They, if, there's, if someone needs something, if they need a stable, if they need clothes, the community comes together and they look out for themselves. They look out for each other. Yes. And I think underneath it all, that's something we as, as humans – dream of. We dream of a scenario where we can all band together. And you see it in the movie, Sauron unites us or some other bullshit um, fantasy. Um, but at the end of the day, the question is, how do, we, how do we get to a mode of conversation where even if I didn't like someone, I would recognize that if they had an idea, that even if, if their idea was bad, but if I could tweak it somehow and make it one of the best ideas available to us as a group that uh, I would. I would develop it to the very best of my abilities, as would my peers, and together we will understand all of the best possible solutions for the problems we are facing. Yes. That's, yes. The, that's the kind of process we need. And so that's, that's really where I started to build from. Um, the, the site that I'm working on, it's it's not online yet. It's in, it's in pre-development. We need programmers really bad. So if you're a programmer and you're hearing this and it sounds cool, contact us. We don't need many. We just need a good team. Um, what kind of programmers are you looking for? Oh, uh, I mean, there's there's all kinds. We're, we're trying to um, produce open source chunks that other communities would be able to use. There's a lot of little widgets because you know when people start deliberating. There's a lot of psychology that comes out. You're going to have people who are arguing just because they 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 can't stand to imagine that their position is wrong. You have um, you have people who are well intentioned. You have hackers. You have all kinds of things going on. So there is a lot of little things that need to be programmed. And once they are programmed, um, and as as they'll be open source, they will be available to the larger net community. Um, so are you, uh, really, are you a, there's a lot of opportunities. Are you a business or a uh, corporation, or are you doing this a on your own? Or? You are we're, a non-profit. We're currently, 
Yeah, we're a tax-deductible nonprofit, so any uh, donations are welcome too. That's awesome because I have something I want to tell you about. I don't know if you're aware of the organization called Idealist.org. No, haven't heard of it. It is a uh, it is a job board for uh, nonprofits to find volunteers. So I I highly recommend you put out your call for programmers and whatever else you need there. Uh, You will will definitely get what you need. Uh, Thank you. It's an excellent, excellent resource. Uh, I found some excellent uh, possibilities for employment there. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But, I mean, the the amount of great opportunities uh, are incredible there. So I highly recommend it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Tell me, I have a couple of questions. Yeah, shoot. Um, well, first, first of all, a comment. Um, you talked about dialectics, and that's one of my favorite words. And huh, and awesome. it, yeah, it, and it's it's great um, because dialectics is simply uh, question and answer to get to the better answer. And um, and I think that's where all four of us here are trying to get to. We, you know, we don't care who authors the final answer, but right. uh, together we want to we want to get to it. That's beautiful. Um, Amen. Uh, and the other, well, the question that I had: um, What is your reaction to uh, how quickly Indivisible um, got grassroots organizations to to grow up all over this country? <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you rephrase, rephrase the question? Well, the the group individual uh, uh, indivisible uh, set out um, a six point plan of 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 how to uh, resist uh, Trump. And uh, can you help me out a little bit, uh, Stephanie? You I'm not. About I'm not familiar. Indivisible. Oh, really? I'm not familiar. No. Yeah. Well, um, it's. Uh, a couple programmers um, um, started this, and 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 a lot of the grassroots um, organizations that are out doing rallies are because they're they're following the six point plan of the indivisible program. I would I would uh, you know suggest all all three of you look into uh, what they're offering and and how quickly uh, the wildfire is starting for them. What's the group called? Indivisible.com or .org? Yeah, yeah. It's either .org or .com. Okay. Hey, Chris, if you could do me a favor, if you can post that in the uh, chat group, uh, that would sure. be, uh, sure. be, be really good. Okay. Cool. I uh, do I didn't have mean to step a... On your Go ahead. I'm sorry. I do have a Peppermint Cat uh, Facebook page. So if you go to uh, Peppermint Cat Resistance on Facebook, you will find our Facebook page. And I will be posting the links to these uh, websites and so forth that we talk about on the show there. Oh, perfect. Okay. Can Can I share one thing about the, this um, the family of, of strategies? You can share um, at least two things. What I, the heck? I, I love what you said about it doesn't matter who writes the answer. We just need the answer. Um, I am only loyal to my project because I have not seen a more promising one. So um, maybe it's out there. Maybe they'll hear us and contact us. 
But uh, that's absolutely the way we need to go. In fact, if we can merge pro uh, projects and if we can work together, that would be the best um, because it, it really it, we just need the answer, damned be everyone's ego. Um, so the, the reason why I think Login in particular is an important project for direct democracy is because most people who make um, a website for direct democracy, and mind you, direct democracy needs a website. You, you cannot connect billions of human beings without some sort of net technology. So I, I hope uh, a website to solve all problems isn't like resonating in everyone's head as some sort of stupid idea because uh, without the net, we are fucked. Um, yeah. Excuse my French, but um, the problem most most people encounter when they make these things is they make what the average layperson will encounter as um, whether or not they like it, just in their own heads, they're going to perceive as a government website, some some weird concept thing they don't really know if they want to be a part of in it, and some people do, but it doesn't build up enough followers or users to sustain and it, they, they end up crashing. Um, so that's sort of our primary design challenge. It's really not that hard to make a system that would work better than today's. I mean, that's like making something that rolls downhill better than a pile of shit. Like it just, it's not hard to design a better system. What's hard is to get people to start using it. And what well, makes, Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's also hard to uh, to break the status quo. I mean, you're 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 talking about you know billions of dollars against you uh, of the lobbyists and the and the politicians that are that are entrenched and in their their own little satisfied world. Right. Yeah, you make yourself a third party and you can't even be at the debate, which is fucking stupid. Uh, that's what the well, debate's yeah, there for. Do <laughs> we see who had the best ideas? Yeah, but you know right. what, Chris? Hold on a second. I understand there's billions of dollars uh, uh, working against you, but you also got to remember that there's more of us than there are of them. Yeah. And I think uh, the the real problem is just the getting people to be on the same platform with yes. direct democracy. Yeah. And, uh, with Login, and, uh, yeah, with Login and yeah, with and and other uh, sites like that, uh, they're they're trying to connect people. Who uh, uh, who are uh, you know primarily pissed off and have had enough with the status quo politics and big money and they're looking for answers but unfortunately they just they, yep. they just can't find it I mean you mentioned a couple of sites I didn't even know what the they even existed so you know there are uh, more of us than there are of uh, them for sure so it's right. just a matter the of uh, connecting is, everybody how do we do well, that I, right and, and and like I said the the primary challenge is that most lay people, mind you, we need the lay people, extremists, I love you, but we need the lay people to be involved, and we need something that can wrap them into this too. So when we try and create some sort of direct democracy website, we don't reach those people, and that's why we've seen every project for this in the last 10 plus years fail. And so I, I hope people will take uh, special considerations for uh, for Login because it doesn't start off as a government website thing. It starts off as a wiki for all solutions to all problems on Earth, even ones that aren't political or geographic. So if you had a problem with your knee, 
or with your with anxiety or with the the holiday known as Christmas or the English language you can type that in and go to that as a space and see a complete list of all the problems anyone thought of um, for that space with the highest rated problems on top so uh, so that way we have a clear list of all the things that are really an issue and you click on one that you care about and it shows you all of the solutions anyone has thought of for that problem. So in this way we can coherently pool the collective knowledge of an entire species in a uh, wiki that would just be a place for solutions to problems. So. Maybe it's with dating, maybe, who knows? Who knows what you're trying to work on, but you have a vault for all good ideas. And this vault also happens to have space to talk about your city or your nation or your planet. And, um, and from there, we can begin to actually start deliberating on what the real problems are as people and, and start to come together over the solution. So even if you didn't like direct democracy, if you like direct action, this would be a great tool for you. Even if you're just an activist who only wants to have a better way of connecting with lay people or people on the fence or dispelling myths, this is a great tool for you. So the idea is we make something that's not just like some weird government website thing. We piggyback on the idea of, of, of a wiki for all solutions that, that can get into everyone's home and into everyone's phone. And then, and then with, with that, they'll, they'll start to realize that it's actually very easy for us to not use politicians when we have technology that is centuries advanced to the the technologies that were around when their system was created. I mean, we're talking uh, representative democracy is older than toilet paper. It is older than pencils. This is an information processing system that we are depending on for our very lives, and and we're okay with it being older than pencils. Let's. I think we really have a good argument here. I think a lot of people can can get behind this. We just need to get it online, get it in their hands. But let's uh, be, but let's keep in mind that representative democracy is okay. It's also old, but it's a it's also a fucking failure. Excuse me, excuse yeah. my language. It's, it's oh, failure. an abject failure. Yeah, abject. <laughs> yeah. So that's why we're here, right? Right, because so, let, let's direct democracy has been around for over 200 years. I mean, the Swiss have been using it, and uh, I mean, uh, it just it blows my mind that nobody's uh, uh, even even talked about it in, in the last 200 years. Because God knows, if we had direct democracy here here in the states and in Canada, uh, I mean, things could be. Uh, I mean, we probably wouldn't have this conversation right now. So, representative democracy yeah. is an absolute failure. Uh, failure. So, I just wanted to uh, point that out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> Well, I thought democracy started. I thought democracy started in Greece. Uh, you know, uh, way back when. Yeah, well, it did originally. It, it wasn't Greece. It was Athens. It was Athens only. Well, okay, that's still Greece, yeah. but yeah. No, no, no. Um, but but uh, well, Athens was the city. They only used direct right. democracy in Athens, and outside of Athens, they uh, it was uh, it was a different story. So. Yeah, and even in Athens, they still had slaves and stuff, and women. They you had to own property and all that jazz. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I mean, the idea but was, was there, start. but the way it was implemented was different. Yeah, and it's the same thing in in Europe right now. Uh, you know, the, they have direct democracy, but it's just 
it's slow. It depends on pieces of paper moving to and from, and it doesn't have the um, the omnidirectionality that uh, a digital format might. Like, for instance, in Login, we're, we, we've, we're going to have tokens that you can drop into pages, and each token does different things. So you could publicly debate something after anything anyone has said, be it on the ballot or anywhere. Um, and people can just, they can just skip right over your little debate if they don't care to the, that, that that point's being debated, or they can engage in it. So you can do things like, um, like introduce any information you want anywhere else. It's, it's in, incredibly flexible. That sounds Anthony, I got so a question exciting. for you. Wow. I got a question for you, Anthony. Okay. Now I know in Switzerland when they're trying to uh, introduce a law, uh, I think they need uh, 100,000 signatures yes. in order for the government to recognize it. Now, with Login, let's say uh, – let's say we'll talk, nas- we'll talk on the national level, right? Now, let's say if they wanted to introduce some law uh, to, uh, to, to make the environment uh, – to protect the environment – yeah. Who would recognize those tokens? Who would recognize those? Because I know, we, like the the end goal is to get to get rid of representatives altogether, and I agree with you yeah. to a certain extent. But wouldn't you still need someone to run the? I'm not talking politicians because you know my stance on politicians and political parties. But wouldn't Fair you enough. still need someone uh, for the day to day? Sort of like a uh, a facilitator, know, a, manager, a facilitator, a facilitator, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, someone has to witness uh, these uh, signatures or, or tokens because they want to get some sort of law uh, in action. Uh, How I would that work? Might, there might be a, a misunderstanding here. A, a law doesn't okay. win when it has more tokens. A token is a no, no, not win, not win. No, no, recognize. No, no, because okay. you have to put it to referendum. But you have to get it. You have to have some sort of uh, consensus on getting that bill. To a referendum. Yeah, you know I mean, so that's how this so the tokens the tokens are for for users to other users. So if someone comes in, like say Monsanto comes in and they hire some local doctor to say, you know, hi, I'm Paul Rubin. I'm in your area. I'm just I've been practicing pediatrics for 23 years. You should trust me. I'm just so concerned about the pseudoscience regarding GMOs. I really think that for this problem. Um, healthy food is too expensive or whatever it's called, that we need to be growing GMO corn. That's the only sensible, sane option or some bullshit, right? So the the idea is the tokens are really kind of there to dispel misinformation and myths. They're there to expose propaganda and, and just mis, just incorrect information. Um, so so, tokens so the, the tokens are something that other people read. So if if some guy wrote a page and there's a bunch of debates in it, then you'd be looking through this page, and you would see they say a certain thing, and then there's like three debates there. So you would know that that statement was highly contested. Um, or just even one debate. It would tell you someone's debating that, and that, that fact is controversial in nature. So then everyone's invited to click on that token and join the debate even if they want. That's, uh, okay. yeah. That's incredible. You're flushing out the truth. You're yes, flushing out the truth. And that's a really beautiful. It could also become a big traffic jam, couldn't it? No, because they're so small. So the the token, the beauty of the token is that you're not 
if uh, say I wrote a whole page, right, and a bunch of right wingers came in there and they just hated what I said and they had to debate everything, right? So they dropped like 300 tokens into this page. Um, each that would be an extreme, mind you. Uh, that's a right. lot of activity. But um, each one of those tokens is one little character on the screen. I can just skip right over. So you can just basic. It's like imagine taking something you wrote and just putting a bunch of random little tokens, like little uh, symbols. Everyone's uh, encased in a circle, so you know it's a token. It doesn't. You're not going to mistake it for a normal letter. You're going to know that's a note token, that's a debate token, that's a tracking token or something. So that way you get to see um, what everyone what everyone thought about something uh, without uh, without having to worry about it making the page impossible to read because they, they all collapse down into these nice little token icons. Okay, but uh, could you – go, go ahead, Chris. I mean, how do you know who's who? How do you know who's a, a – how do you know what you want to read? I mean, um, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So in the past, it's been this party versus that party, and you wanted to know who was what, so that would inform what you would want to read, right? Now, the problem with that is it becomes a echo chamber. It becomes uh, they listen to them, those guys listen to themselves, and no one's actually hearing each other. What we want is instead of gang mentality thinking, instead of groupthink, what we, what we need is a system where there are just problems and ideas for solutions. That's all so your identity does not matter. I, we can we, we've been ta- me and the programmers have been talking about, you know, being able to give people the freedom to self-identify with badges. You could have like certain labels that are really common, and a person could choose to um, link their profile to those. So we could begin taking. Uh, there's a lot of big data that becomes possible with this kind of um, this kind of networking site. So there's a lot of stuff that we've been thinking about, but really underneath it all, it, it doesn't matter who said it. Just like in barn building, you doesn't. You, they could they could be the crappiest person on earth, and if they had a good idea, damn it, they had a good idea. So um, really, it's just lists. It's places with lists of their problems, the highest rated on top, and, and then you click on a problem that shows you all of the solutions anyone's working on. And if you don't want to work on those, um, then you can create your own, or you can, uh, you can maybe you think a, a decision needs to be made, because not everything is solved by people using direct action. Sometimes we need to actually make an agreement about like what a law would be, like the speed limit or... Uh, contraceptive laws or something like that. So then there's a third space in every area where there's propositions. And if a proposition gains uh, at least 70% consensus, then it's decided for now. But the thing is, um, so in the past in referendums, what they try to do is they'll make it so in order for you to put anything on the ballot, you have to be able to get a lot of support. You have to be able to get like a thousand signatures, eighteen thousand signatures, or something, and then, and then it, it gets on the ballot. And so you sort of have this weird system where it's like once someone makes a law, it's really hard to change it. And so everyone's sort of of the mindset that they don't need to make consensus. They just need to win the process. They just need to dominate the political process and fuck everyone else and fuck logic and fuck what's best for the whole. Um, what, what we're working on here is a system where you really can't 
do that. If if you had a decision made, then but it was without consensus, and you totally just ignored the needs of other people in that community, then those people are going to pipe back up, and they're going to. So the idea is that you're sort of forced to seek out consensus and forced to understand what the, the real needs are of everyone instead of just dominating them endlessly. So I just want to go back to Monsanto. I used that example again. So uh, let's say if I have no idea what a GMO is, and I, yeah. and I get on Login, and I'm looking at this discussion, and it's uh, they want to again, like you're saying, they want to make a law, not you know that uh, they want to ban uh, organic foods and they want to replace it with uh, Monsanto. Yeah. Now I, I, there's a, a debate going on, obviously, with these tokens. Would there be like a uh, an over some sort of uh, data showing, you know, the yes factor or the no factor, like the yes vote or the no vote? How many people oh, yeah, are in yeah. favor no, of it? It's, like I said, it's all about understanding consensus and needs. So there's a number okay. of tools that let you know what would make the other party happy, what would, what's livable to them and what's totally not livable with them. So, um, for instance, the debate token, is it's not just some page where people just start spewing their ideas. It, it actually is very dynamic. It has a, a template, a software template that opens up. So the moment you drop a debate token, for instance, the debate token says, okay, what's the thesis argument? I'm not even going to stick to this page if you don't state what your main argument is. So we're all on the same page. And you say, um, okay, I think, Mon I think uh, GMO corn, you, you make any argument you want. Basically what sure. happens is now the debate token's on the page, and it, it starts off blank with just the, the main argument in three sections. There's a section for, arguments that are for the main argument, and then you have um, against, arguments that are against the main argument, and then you have the third column in the middle, which is arguments that are not for or against, they're just more information that people might want to know um, that is relevant. So we have a very robust, complete conversation here, and and no one actually like wins the debate and like, okay, this other person has to shut up now. It's, it's actually um, it's set up so that each individual argument gets rated up or down, so that like say you were trying to teach sex ed, and um, some pastor stood up and he tells his congregation, you know, these terrible liberals are trying to teach your daughters to go have sex with black men and, and, uh, and they're giving them condoms and stuff to do it. Um, and you get all these, like, people who for some reason actually believe that and, and chime in and say, no sex education. I mean, in America, you, I'm sorry, but the people are actually on that level. So um, what what it does is it, offers you uh, a, a, a way to drop a debate about this. So you could, you could just drop a note token that has a link to a video that just shows one of these classes happening taped from beginning to end, and that would be a perfectly legitimate argument for like, no, it doesn't. Look, look, look for yourself. Look with your own eyes. They did not tell your daughter to do that at all. Um, or you could drop a debate and say that the main argument is uh, in, in the main argument you could state you know something like we we are here just to teach kids about their options and just let them know about diseases and stuff. And so when the pastor comes or when the congregation starts coming to this debate, um, they're going to have their arguments against that, and you're going to get to see the highest rated arguments. So instead of us blindly guessing what they're what they feel 
most strongly about based upon just random comments online and whatever came up first in the discussion. You see a very complete discussion with the individual arguments rated. So you can see maybe in this city, most parents actually, they didn't believe the pastor, but they thought the problem was that you're not you're not telling them the most important thing, which is that the only sure way to not be harmed is to uh, is abstinence or something. Maybe that's what they resonate with most strongly. Or maybe you're in Texas and people are like super convinced about the black guy thing. I don't know. But the idea is that wherever you are, you can see the highest rated concerns from your opposition. And from that, it will be very easy to figure out some sort of synthesis or compromise that is possible. And you can go back to the legislative page in that area and propose uh, a proposition <laughs> that, is, that is respectable to all parties in your area. So again, we're not, we're not conquering each other. We're, we're having consensus. And then we're building okay. consensus. Okay. What, so exactly, what exactly is the 70% you talked about? I mean, um, is that of all who, who log on, or, or what is that? Uh, so that's, you know, there's a number of ways to do that. I've had discussions with the programmers about which way is best. Um, before I explain which one I think is best for the beginning, I want to say that this will be a platform that is able to work on itself. One of those spaces you can type in is the name of the website itself. So suddenly you see a list of all the problems with the site presently, and then you click on them and see all the best ideas people have for problems. The site is experiencing itself evolved. But um, so whatever I, whatever I or the other programmers determine. Uh, would be best in the beginning. We understand that this will have um, an experimental phase where we're, we're sort of um, playing with our own dials to some degree. Now, the, what you uh, ask is an important question. How, uh, how do you recognize mathematically or, or uh, bitwise when that 70% has been achieved? And so far, the best system that I've heard of has been that when a person registers for the site, they just let the site know where they are. That's part of the registration process. So it would know what city you're in. And then uh, the site, um, we might even go as far as to let people create uh, closed groups where you would have to be invited into that group because some some of these groups are small. Some of these groups are going to be like a specific nonprofit in the area or like even a shared household with a bunch of college kids or something. You name your house, that's a space now, and now you can go to the website and reaccess your house. Hopefully no one else named their house the exactly the same thing. You might have to you know, like with email, you'd name yourself whatever and then a few letters or, or numbers or something. But um, th that's all easy to do. Um, but at the end of the day, the site needs to know who is in what community, and we can do that with basic geography and, and um, uh, number of yeah, users yeah, who have logged into the space. Which makes total sense because if you're going to have a debate about uh, – uh, I'm going to use uh, Sandersville, Stephanie, if that's Okay. If you sure. use Sandersville as an example, as a, we'll call that a city, and you use that as yep. an example, you'll, you're not going to have someone from Ontario, which where I'm from, yeah. in that debate because you know you're not from Sandersville. It would only be for people uh, from Sandersville, right? Well, right. only on the, the proposition page because like if someone wants to talk about a problem that they know of there, 
you know, if they're wrong, no one's going to rate it up, and it's just going to be on the bottom of the list. Or if they think of a good solution or something, uh, even if they think of a good proposition, like let them propose. But when it comes time to vote on a proposition, that is limited. Only people in that community. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's You just answered my question right there. Okay. So it well, seems – Go ahead. I was, was going to say, why don't we take a short break? I'll play a song, and uh, we can uh, think about what we're going to talk about next. And uh, does that sound okay? Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. okay. Here we go. In this hour of the ever-changing season May our tears not douse the fire in our hearts May our minds and eyes both analyze and question May we come together when we fall apart May the towers of the tyrants crack and crumble into dust. May ten billion voices learn to sing as one. So that the winds may turn the tide before the waters all run dry. May these days of darkness usher in the sun. But what we need right now are answers. All the riddle of a better way to live So tell your brothers And tell your sisters It may take some time But something's got to give May the reigning kings and queens Have some compassion May the paupers sleep with four walls And a meal May the hawks of war lay down their angry weapons. May the desperate have no reason left to steal. Yes, we can build a new tomorrow from the ashes of today. We can break the chains and take the reins and boldly storm the gates and with a little luck rewrite the book and learn from our mistakes. Because all There always be enough to go around 
And may the love we make erase the hate And faith unite, not separate Wake up before it all comes crashing down I tell you what we need Right now our answer To save a world that has forgotten how to live So tell your brothers And tell your sisters It may take some time But something's got to give Oh, it may take some time But something's got to give was Matt Pless with Something's Gotta Give from Occupy This Album. And I thought that was appropriate because uh, we're trying to come up with solutions. And uh, it is so inspiring to hear this technology that's developing. And it always comes from the left coast, you know. And uh, I, I knew when I first saw the internet when I knew, I knew the potential, I said, this is what's going to save the world. This is, this is exactly what's going to happen. And to listen to you in your infancy with this project and to be hearing you speak of it now and, and the feeling of what I know it can become. I have that same feeling I did when I first saw the internet, man, this is it. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for feeling so inspired by the Occupy movement as I was and what brought me to this point now that I'm actually going to be considered to run for governor of Connecticut by Bernie Sanders. Um, It's pretty amazing. I can't, I can't describe how I feel. And I wish my friend David DeGraw was here tonight to talk about this because he started the Occupy movement one with other people, but he was one of the originators he came up with the 99% and the 1%. Uh, he's an amazing person. And uh, he has he's moved to California himself right now to work with some celebrities in Hollywood. Uh, they have the money to put behind him. And he has some incredible ideas that he's going to be sharing with us soon, I hope. And uh, cool. I just, again, want to say, Tony, thank you so much for your work you're putting into this. And I will do everything in my power to support you. You are definitely with the future. The pleasure to be here. Oh, I can play. I I don't want to make you mad again, Stephanie, but I can play devil's advocate on on the uh, the web saving uh, um, the world. Uh, Trump's Twitter feed certainly helped him get elected. Well. I don't. I mean, anybody who has half a brain knows he's insane. I mean, if it's only proving that half the world's insane, well, so be it. But you know, the truth is the truth, and you can only hide it for so long. Um, yeah, even his you own know, supporters are backing away from him, and they're using exactly. the internet to find that to uh, link up with the other um, uh, disillusioned members. Right. Right. I think. It's I think it all technology. comes along. It's like cars. You will have nothing that powerful and ubiquitous that is purely used for good. 
Right. Uh, right. And and again, I think bad has more money and more power right now. I mean, that's my fear. I know. I think. I, mean, I don't see how. I don't see how evil doesn't. Um, when you know. Yeah, when when in, I, I even in your honesty. This this is a good conversation. I, I'm glad that I'm I'm personally glad it's Wednesday. I hope this isn't sidetracking anyone else's thing. But real quick, sorry to have talked so damn much, but there is an important no, insight from from game theory, uh, and that is that is. Uh, has anyone else here heard of game theory? Is, is, is I don't know. Should I explain this for the audience in case they're yes, unfamiliar? Please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Okay, yeah. So game theory was an attempt to simulate the 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 honestly very complex interactions that that real living beings have with one another. Um, it's been observed that in nature, um, especially with members of the same species, especially with an intelligent species like humans, you have the ability to cooperate or to try and deceive and take right. And this is um, so. So basically, they started to formulate math around this in terms of what um, what would benefit, what would be the the um, how to say. Basically, it's like this: if you and me are at war, we spend a lot of energy protecting ourselves from each other. We spend time building walls. We spend time um, with with misinformation or propaganda campaigns. We all the time that we have spent building walls. I'm just going to use walls as a metaphor for all the stupid shit we waste our energy on in in competition. Um, when we spend time competing, we are not spending time cooperating, and and that actually mathematically has a particular shape because it turns out when when two people are not wasting time building walls. Not only did they not lose that energy, but um, if they've chosen to cooperate, they can have synergistic benefits off of each other's strengths. They can they can draw net gains, zero um, sum gains from each other's diversity of skills. Uh, so basically, in game theory, when two entities encounter each other, uh, they have the option to try and cooperate or deceive. And mathematicians wanted to know what is the best strategy in life. If you have a world full of people that are trying to deceive and others that are trying to cooperate, what is the best way to approach this picture in such a way that you will succeed, right? Is it just to go out there and take and take and take? Um, and they found it's not. Mathematically, the, the formula that wins is called tit for tat. And basically what this says is when I encounter you, I'm going to try and cooperate one time. And if you deceive me and take from that, then I am never going to fucking work with you again. I am going to always put up a wall with you. And and what that does is when you have um, – well, basically what that does is win because you're, <laughs> people aren't able to screw you over more than one time, and you're able to connect with everyone who wants to cooperate. Um so we have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn from this because if, if the whole system is full of people trying to take from each other, tons of energy is wasted, and knowing that nature sort of demands a certain amount of surplus, you might all die. Uh, whereas if we're all working together, we have something that works out well. And the reason that I bring this up in relation to the rich and powerful who are using the media against us and uh, we have our work cut out for us. I do not take them lightly. I want you to know I'm not just glossing over this. I think we have 
the most powerful enemies to freedom this planet has ever seen. They have better research teams. They have better science, better technology. They're already entrenched in our fucking childhood minds. Um, I don't take this threat lightly. But at the end of the day, their strategies are built on short-sightedness. Because being a liberal isn't just some random collection of ideas. What happened is underneath all of the brain's processes, you have propensities, you have tendencies. So in psychology, they'll say someone's risk-averse or they like risks. And you'll see that people who like risks to a healthy degree do better than people who are risk-averse because they'll open themselves to challenges that are important and valuable. Um, Likewise, when the liberal looks at a political idea, what their brain is doing is asking if it is causing harm to people. That's, the, that's our subconscious process. Is, is this a bad system? And we determine that based upon if it is causing harm. Whereas right-wingers have been raised on this idea of authority and upon this um, underlying idea that um, all systems will hurt people, but if you just try and mess with the systems willy-nilly, then you're going to create unforeseen devastation that could kill millions and millions of people. So uh, shut up, you liberals. This is as good as it gets. Man up or whatever fucking bullshit they want to say next. Um, But when you look at these in terms of game theory, you see that systems come and go. And that a system can always be improved, and that you you improve a system. Like think about scientists, if if or engineers, or anyone with that kind of mind frame, uh, that kind of thinking. You, if you tell an engineer, hey, I, I spot a serious problem with your design. I think at this particular point, the stress will be more than this pillar can take, and your bridge is going to collapse. The they're not going to say, oh fuck you, liberal. They're going to think, oh, that's going to cause like I'm going to look bad this isn't going to work if you're right. So I'm going to look into that. Um, and, and that's not short-sightedness. That's, that's the opposite thereof. And, and a lot of these, like, you know, the banking policies, uh, war, uh, for-profit prisons, um, for-profit schools, these things are pure short-sightedness. And the more intelligent we are, the more we as a species will look to these ideas um, and the better illuminated they are, uh, the more we will look to them and recognize that they are objectively inferior to ideas that are built on the the belief that we shouldn't allow systems to hurt people. There's just one is simply evolutionarily superior to the other. And the only reason that these inferior ideas are still here is because they benefit someone in the short term. And so they, these rich people keep pushing for them. But they're going to lose because they're standing in the wrong position. And science illuminates that again and again. It, it's already began doing so. It's already, we already have behaviorists looking at Trump supporters and drawing some very valuable conclusions. Well, like I told um, uh, Stephanie before, and, and I think I've said this on the radio more than once, but you know, the first time I heard Noam Chomsky talk about the environment, it was 1975. Um, I mean, the ideas have been out there, but the anti-ideas are out there too, and we haven't won yet. 
Yeah, because um, we're using I mean, this it, system. That's that. See, now that's that's well, why they're using the same system. I mean, they know they know game theory just as well as you do. No, I and, yes, they they know game theory, and that's why they want us to keep using this system. This system is built on exactly the kind of short sightedness I'm talking about. You get red versus blue on stage, and everyone's arguing over whether or not they have this genital or or this belief. Yeah, so basically what I'm saying is when you that, – that good will not prevail in this system, and, and if, if that's your argument, then I fucking agree. But the, my argument is that this system is not eternal and that if we can start feeding the new system, building it up, that we will have a place where Darwinistic principles prevail, where we have a true meritocracy. That's why we're building this because we don't have it but, yet. But, that is before we get to, this planet is being destroyed right now. Yeah, but before we can get to that, I think people have to start realizing that this left and right paradigm bullshit is is uh, is a tool like you were saying is used to keep us divided, and they want to keep us divided because that's you the whole do. fucking game. While they rack in more and more the the control and the profits, but until people start uh, start growing up. And start acting like fucking adults, and start realizing that voting for—and no offense, Stephanie, because uh, you know, Sanders or, or Trump—I I put them all in the same fucking category. Okay, they're all politicians, and all they care about is them fucking selves. And we got—and we, we have to stop looking at this leader ideology bullshit. Like, leaders well, are not going to take you leaders, anywhere. There's going to be leaders no, with, no, with your. No, yeah, yeah, there will. There, there will be people that that write better than other people that will convince people. Yeah. Can you have can, when you're writing a law? Are you going to look for one person to write laws all the time? Because if if that's the case, then you're going to have a dictatorship. Yeah, what? But no, you're going to have God, leaders. No. no community works like that naturally, uh, <laughs> especially if you're having discussions about problems in your area. You're not. It's like that's like thinking one housemate's going to take over all the house meetings. Like it's like if they're being a dick, everyone's going to get fed up with that and start writing their own ideas. The only way someone could dominate the conversation that well is if they were just kicking ass and saying everything everyone else thought, and no one else even felt like they had anything they needed to add to it. That's the only way you could dominate in the system, in the in the meritocracy system that I'm, where we're trying to build. Well, no, I, I think you have say, But when you say leaders, though, Chris, I, I hope you're right. Me yeah. But when you talk about leaders, are you, are you saying that we have to have someone? A face well, to look we're always at. going to have leaders. We're going to have people um, who who are more vociferous about these things. And yeah, and natural it, leaders. It, you know, sure. it's like in a courtroom, justice doesn't always prevail. The the better lawyer that convinces the 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 jury often wins, even though that's not justice. Right now, now here, and we have to draw a distinction. Because that is a very one uh, sort of one-directional flow of information. You have the two arguers, and then you have their audience. And so you have sort of the consumer and the producer, you see? And that is a very different system from what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a system where anyone in the room can jump up and be a lawyer. So uh, – and, and also where the ideas aren't even necessarily from – you're just looking at ideas for problems, so it's it's not like one person stands up, starts speaking, and everything else they say is attached to everything else they said. 
uh, and you're like, oh, that all comes from this guy, you're, you're going to be looking at an area's problems and then be looking at the solutions. And if those all come from the same person, wow, that person's great at what they're doing. But uh, most likely it, it, you're going to have a diversity of opinion with lots of people standing up, stating their beliefs and stances and feelings and all of that. And there's It'll nothing wrong with that. You, you, that's what you want. Yeah. You want yeah. people participating. And we don't have yeah. that right yeah. now. We just have two political parties. And you vote for the lesser of two evils, and uh, and that's the end of the story. And nothing ever yeah. gets uh, nothing ever gets any not, any problems. They they never solve because they don't want to. Because they're right. making money off it. Or so probably. I mean the, the whole leader, the whole leader. I understand what you're saying, Chris, but the whole leader mentality, ide, ideology thing. I just I can't grasp. Like I mean, uh, maybe uh, maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, but the, my point is, I, I everybody has to get out of this uh, left right paradigm. And they have to start being their own leaders, you know. I mean, they can't always look to look to someone for the for the solutions. They yeah. got to look within themselves for the solutions. You know, that's that's uh, what a democracy is all about. When and everybody's participating, but what we have now is not a democracy. And well, how do you get everybody to participate? I mean, do we do what we talked about last time and make everybody vote? Absolutely, Absolutely. no. You don't. Oh, so the idea that every single person has to participate in the discussion, I, I think that's actually a, a myth. Because think about it like this. Think about it like this. If you have a room with a hundred people in it, right? Let's just say there's just a hundred, right? And only the people who care the most come to the discussion, and um, they make a bad decision that negatively impacts everyone else. Well, guess what's happening next? You're going to have mass participation, and even if ninety um, percent, even if like ten percent of people don't show up to that conversation, like really, the goal isn't actually to have every single person spend their energy in this process. The goal is to have this process result in decisions everyone can respect and live by. So if only ten percent of the population facilitates that process, fine. Anyone else who wants to join can join. That's the that's the idea. You have freedom. When, you have freedom to do what you want. You're not you're okay. not bound but if or it's, obligated. To if show it's up. something if it's something major that they're going to uh, put a referendum on, like that could really impact the country. It, yeah. it, it could impact the country in a negative way, and you only have ten percent participation. It could be disastrous. It could so that's be, why I'm that's saying that don't go to a leader. Don't look to a leader for answers. Look within yourself. Do the re- like I. What I'm for, Chris, is I'm for an educated uh, population. I want everybody to have the fucking internet. Amen. I want everybody to be educated on everything. And I understand yeah. they're not going to participate on every issue because not every issue you you, you, you know you, you don't matters need. to you. Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. So I mean, but major well, you ones that have a serious impact on the future of your kids. You know, you gotta. You, you can't look to someone. To say, hey, you know what? You deal with it. That's the yeah, wrong yeah, answer well, to have. Totally. But you can get on the internet and find Alex Jones and find a bunch of oh, bullshit. Shit. <laughs> oh, oh man. Well, people do yeah, that. Know. That's a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad example. That's a very see. But there you go, Chris. See, again, see, people look to Alex Jones for answers, and he's. Yeah. The, I'm sorry to say, but he is the last guy to look to. Well, I agree, but again, those people have their voice, and people believe it because they they have the the baritone voice, and they and they they're confident. And people who don't want to work at it, um, you know, okay, 
uh, that sounds good. My neighbor likes them, so I'm going to like it too. But the problem I is, mean, is that the, I think people, even here, are, are taught not to get involved in politics. They're saying, yeah, you don't talk about politics because it only pisses piss you off, right? So the politics have this, uh, mindset. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, but that's that, but that's don't you see that's a problem because now you're you're taking yourself out of that equation, and now you're leaving it to a a, a fucking wingnut like Alex Jones to make decisions uh, on your behalf. Same thing with yeah. Donald Trump. I yeah. mean, you can't look to a leader. I understand there's going to be leaders, but a certain capacity. Right, there's going to be naturally but, outspoken people. Right. Yes, I, that's that's a, w- a better way of putting it, uh, t- uh, Tony. But at the end of the day, you have to have people participating. But let's give them the tools so that they can participate in it. Like like the internet. The internet is uh, is like Stephanie was saying. I mean, uh, it, it, would you say it's like the uh, Alexandrian Library? I don't know. Uh, I mean, yes. it's, it's revolutionary. It's it's yeah. changed. It's changed everything for the better. Yeah, it has it has its bad size, or its its, it's uh, pros and cons. But so does everything else. But but at least if everybody has that, they have uh, access to uh, free information. Then they can make more informed decisions or choices on any matter. And if there's there's certain issues, I wouldn't even get involved because it's so small, so uh, irrelevant. I understand. But then there's other other uh, uh, laws that you might want to pass or. That have can have yeah. a, a, a huge impact. Totally. So that's what I'm saying. I think people have to be more involved. That's what I'm saying. Okay, let, let me give you another good. example. Okay. Let me give you another example. The NRA. The NRA is only what five million people, uh, and it's really for gun manufacturers. But uh, you know, the far right and the right believe uh, what these people are saying. One eighty. 80% plus want gun laws. Um, it, it's a matter of, of of power. It really is. Okay, but if you would say 80% of the of the of the nation of the states want gun laws, then in a in a direct democracy that would happen because you have more than 70% people. Yeah, he's uh, right. Actually, be, you, actually, let me you, put this I mean, way. I don't like this fifty-one percent bullshit because I think that's mob rule. Yeah, that's not, we I need. Think to if you're going to do a referendum, you have to have at least seventy percent consensus, or else it doesn't pass. That. Uh, we were hoping for ninety, but that might be too high. Well, here's the well, thing, though. If, a little if bit you too give, high, but... if if yeah, I know. Uh, that's why I said seventy. Um, we'll start off with seventy. See how it goes. But uh, what we're getting at, what we're really touching at here, is the fact that true sovereignty is risky. Not everyone feels the way we do, and they're going to make some laws we don't like. Now, I want to say that there are some limiting factors on this. So, uh, you know, the, the most extreme example would be like some people in the South want to, they all agree in their little town that they should make slavery legal again, right? Um, that would be like a nightmare, an example of a nightmare proposition that might well, actually. Let's just say segregation. Right. Okay. Maybe maybe it's segregation, but that's just one example of a stupid idea that might theoretically pass somewhere. Right. So that's why right. we have international. That's why the the lodging, at least, is built on the. It's built to have scale. So everyone can talk about things on the global scale. And before we implement direct democracy, or before lodging would become the official um, device for making law, 
we would we would be testing it and using it in communities and reaching agreements with global communities. And before it actually was implemented, we would have a number of global pacts in place, like no slavery, no segregation, no no sexual violence, and it's defined like this and all this other crap. So there's like the most basic shit. We all agree that like no no city or locality should be have the sovereignty to make that decision. That is a crime. Um, and if, if Podunk City and the Bible Belt decides they want to do slavery again, that they will get harshly penalized. They'll, there will be sanctions legally established. There will be direct action happening. They will become a, a they will become too expensive. It, ultimately, these things are guided by profit. So if you can simply make it unprofitable to be a fucking monster, then a lot less people will ever manage to be. Um, fucking monsters. So that, that's the goal, is to have a number of packs established in place so that we sort of limit, uh, the, we sort of have damage control for the sovereignty that localities will be given. So they can still make all the decisions, but they're just not able to like reinstate slavery or do these like heinous, effed up things. Well, wouldn't that be a constitutional that's thing? Cool. Yeah, like, um, that would be it's more of a constitutional. Constitution. I, have yeah, to, I have to sign okay, off. I, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to yeah, listen no problem, to the Chris. president speak. So um, thank okay. you for letting me join in and um, keep going. Bye, Chris. See you later. See you, Chris. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the Constitution would but protect. In that case, you would have to have yeah. build a strong constitution. It would it would provide basic protections, prevent stuff like that. Yeah, like it'd be like a human yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I understand where you're coming from. Basic shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not worried about it, but I do think there will be some people who make some laws that are not the best, and that's okay. Because as long as they're not too horrible, like I just mentioned, the whole slavery thing or something, as long as we get that crap out of the way, then these are just laws where it's like now in Texas it's legal to walk around with like 30 guns strapped to your face or some stupid shit. Like whatever stupid idea they make, um, we're going to see data come in. So we, we need to have a process as a species where we, try ide- where we have the freedom to try our ideas and then we test them with data. So if the number of people saved having all those guns around drops and there's just way more violence, then everyone all over the world will have this, this proof that that law was a bad idea. And it will, it will start to fail in a meritocracy over time. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm just – I mean, this is a great idea, uh, Anthony. I mean, I, I love this, this website that you're proposing. It's just absolutely up, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> It's, uh, it, but you it, know what? I, I'm just thinking about, uh, like, looking at a crystal ball right now. I'm just thinking, you know, we can live in such a, a peaceful planet uh, where we protect the environment, we protect each other, and we're never going to war with each other because there would there'd be no purpose. Because, I mean, with, we would have the technology to eliminate the word scarcity, and everybody would be taken care of, uh, and we right. could take care of each nation. And, I mean, at some point, we could... We could, and I'm not a big proponent of the UN. I hate the UN, but we could unite as globally, because I think at one point we're going to finally put all our differences aside and religious beliefs aside, and yeah. we're going to start saying, you know what? I mean, we don't need to fucking, we don't need to have borders. We can one open house, all one family. 
Yeah, it's a great one family. One planet. We don't need segregation anymore. We don't. I mean, we've we have a system in place where people are in charge, and if we see something wrong, I mean, people are not fucking stupid. And and this, I hear right. the same argument all the time. People cannot govern themselves, and I think that is such a load of horseshit. Like, like what are the people heard. think are governing us right now? Do they think politicians are fucking angels or I know. something? Like, I, it's so dumb. Yeah, and, so dumb. and they don't see that. They don't see that. It's like, listen, look at look at your local governments. Are they are they for you, or are they yeah. are they fucking, you know? I mean, come on, man, like, grow up. You know what I how mean? How come yeah. some communities? How come some communities do well without police, and some communities, you know, it's it's amazing to me that we're we're forced to accept the system when all we have to do is stand up and break off the chains. And going back to what I was saying about the internet saving humanity, with this communication ability, I mean, the internet brought us all together here. Um, Nick found yeah, me yeah, on Facebook, and you met yeah. Nick online, and I met yeah. Chris online. I mean, every everything, it's a magical place because the chaos becomes organized and yeah. it's itself. It's just like the evolution process in the physical world. It's the same, same thing. And it's, and, and what you're doing right now, Tony has my heart over the moon, the way I felt with Occupy when I first learned of Occupy, the way I first yeah. learned about the internet I feel that. I feel that so much, and I'm so excited. This is incredible. Hell yeah. I think the word is hope. <laughs> yes, yes. We haven't had much of that lately, so it's a very no. big deal. <laughs> yeah, we've never had a tool like uh, the Internet before, and uh, no. because of that, it's kept us separated. So uh, and it's, uh, it's kept us ignorant, you know, because we yes. look at another country maybe back then, and we would – view them as our enemy. Yeah. And now we can watch a video from one of their people being just like one of our people, like a father having the same everything that our fathers have and all this other stuff. Exactly. Right, right. We're all the same. I don't care where you're from. Well, I have a a Facebook page I want to interject that has nothing to do with politics but has to do with humanity. And it's called Humans of New York. I don't know if you've. Oh familiar. yeah, that that is such you know, a good page. It just—it's humanity. It's everybody yep. has the story. Everybody, no matter who you are, we all have it. We're all human, no matter how much money you have or don't have. We're all in this together. And as soon as we get that message, I think things will change, and I think things are changing, and I think. Things are changing at an exponential rate, and I think the old guard, the old guard, is holding on with their last power grab, and they're going (laughs) to fail miserably. And we are going to win this. And I, I disagree with Chris. I think the good will overcome evil, even in this system, because we have had enough, and we're reaching critical mass. And it's, and it's, it's over now. They pushed it to the point where, with Trump's election, which I had predicted. If he got elected, you would see the uprising of all uprisings. And the day after he was inaugurated, the largest protest in U.S. history. So it's on. Wait until the American spring. It will be here in D.C. You will see it. Well, I hope so because, uh, I mean, you know, the states is 
I've always been a, a leader uh, in the world, so everybody's always looked to look to the states. So if there's a the country that uh, the people have, if there's it. a country exactly. And if the, if the, if there's a country that would love to see direct democracy in, it would definitely be in the states because then we well, can have a working it. model. We can have a Between... working model, and then everybody would look to the states and say, "Yeah, hey, a man, proof of concept. We want to be like the states because everybody wants to be like the states, except for Canada." <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but everybody wants to be like the states. I mean, they got you guys have a great history. I mean, uh, we've we've shared. We are idolized together. a lot, even though our history is absolutely pretty bloody. I mean, no, well, yeah, I mean, you know what? Yeah, like every country's got their goods and bads. Uh, when, but when I mean, like, history, were they but... literally built by like slavery and racism? Like, yes. I'm sorry. It's, That's okay. I, we, no, no, everybody's aware of that, Tony. I mean, we we okay. we all know about the slavery. But okay. I mean, you know, we want to forget about that too, right? I mean, so. But uh, I'm never going to. Yeah, you about know what, it. Stephanie? I I could see a lot of young people getting involved now, and I mean, yeah. if if there's someone that should be involved, it should be the younger people because they know they're getting screwed, and they know their future doesn't look bright. I we mean, need no. the elders with us too, man. We it needs yes. to be an intergenerational, intercultural movement. Uh, the we the people, life itself, standing up against this wretched virus known as Malthusian capitalism or whatever you want to call it. Like <laughs> mechanistic fucking death machine. I That's why I called upon Nick, uh, Senator Gravel. Uh, I felt so moved after reading about him and studying about his life and all the work he's put into direct democracy. And um, if I had known about him before I created Sandersville, I probably would have named it Gravelville. Um, cool. I, I he is an amazing man, and I just want to say, that I really hope he's going to listen to this show. I'm going to send it to him, and uh, he and I hope that he's excited by the technology and about the possibility, and he will contact us and get involved in this because we could use his mentorship and his experience and his wisdom yeah. in this effort. Also, his name too, right? I mean, he's yeah, a, absolutely. I mean. He's a powerhouse. He's a, he's, a, he's a big name, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, the funny thing is, is that uh, I never even heard of the guy, uh, and I know a lot of senators and governors in the states, but I never even heard about this guy until uh, Dallas. I want to thank Dallas for that. In 2008, so did you ever hear of him, uh, Tony? Senator no, Gravel? No, it just reminded me of Tesla, the way it's like we all know about Edison, but the schools don't even teach you about the greatest scientist to ever walk the face of the right. earth. Right. Right. That's right. Right. Who actually died alone in his in his New York apartment? Oh, fucking everybody a. forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy was uh, the guy. Actually, the guy worked with a scientist uh, in Italy. I think it was Marconi. And Marconi even said he's one of the greatest. One of the greatest. Even Einstein. The they they asked Einstein, "How does it feel to be the smartest man on Earth?" And Einstein was like, "I don't know. You should ask Tesla." Right. <laughs> That's oh, right. Man. I love that. He didn't make love it. That. He didn't make it into the t- the history books, really. Oh, God. We all know it's, what's that. That's why I hate about history books. That that's why yeah. that you're, you know, it's it's always like the winner gets to write the history. But you know what? With your with your invention, I'm going to call it an invention because that's what it is. Uh, with your invention, you will it will be complete truth telling. Because that's what yeah, will be vetted I mean, people out. People will try and bring in their lives, but it'll, they'll be sitting ducks for they'll everyone else out. who knows the truth. Right. And has the, links. <laughs> they'll be, be completely vetted out. 
They'll be completely so, vetted out. Is, I'm sorry, website what? website is Logen? Logen.org? Yep, lo, yep Logen.org. Can you spell it? The L-A-W-G-N, okay, .org. Like Logenesis, the idea we could generate laws in a sane manner rather than this insane nonsense. Yeah, and it would be uh, it would be uh, for people and by people. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, that, that's the the the, the, the important uh, thing. To know. Well, yeah. this doesn't get people excited. People by the people. Yeah, if, <laughs> you're also you're also looking for programmers also, right? And, yeah, and artists and, and networkers and just people who support the idea who, you know, like the Facebook page and let people know it's a thing. You know, there's all these little things that that sort of help, and um, so anything anyone wants to contribute would be very appreciated. Well, right I now. I can give you a lot of exposure because I my social media reach is over a million people a week, uh, awesome. just on just on my uh, Connecticut Facebook page, Connecticut Progressives Facebook page alone. Um, cool. I'm also want too. and I have tons. I mean. I I get broadcasted out into tons of anti-Trump groups, Bernie Sanders groups, Occupy, um, Anonymous, uh, Progressive. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm there. I I that's my that's my job is that, that I took on with Occupy was uh, sharing knowledge, and uh, when I share it, I don't just share it a little bit. I go big, and I make things go viral, and uh, that's what I do. And the, my biggest, uh, I, I want to give my, to my own horn a little bit. My, uh, <laughs> my, my uh, biggest thing to go viral uh, since Trump's election was the sign. They came for the Muslims, but then they said, but then they said, not today, motherfucker. It was on a cardboard yeah. sign. <laughs> Well, I made that Not go today, viral. <laughs> I made that go viral, and it was on Seth uh, uh, late night with Seth uh, Myers. He had that sign on there, so I was pretty psyched. Uh, that's a good I, thing. Great. Yeah, game. that was that was the best one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, I just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be signing off now. But uh, Stephanie, oh, okay. I want to thank you, uh, like 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 always, for putting on a great show for for having this uh, medium. For, for oh, guys like me and for Tony to talk, I'm hoping Tony maybe can come back on again, maybe in the future, if that's okay that. with Tony and it's okay with you, Stephanie. Oh, absolutely, this is great. And again, uh, Nick, I hope we could do this on a uh, like we have been on this regular basis. This is no, we will, one. we will. Uh, you know what? Next time, uh, I mean, the, the, I'm trying to get uh, Terry Terry Hand. Uh, he's a gentleman that uh, he's part of the um, British Columbia Refed Party or Refederation yes. Party which is a party out in BC, British Columbia. And uh, their uh, platform is uh, direct democracy. I'm trying to get him on for Thursday. Uh, we can do an interview. I haven't heard back from him. But, uh, I mean, uh, I'm I'm good for a show maybe once or twice a week. And maybe if Tony wants to join in on uh, with us, uh, that would be That'd great be also. Great. We can, oh, uh, I would love it. The, the, yeah, we can try to find uh, the more guests. You know? No, absolutely. I, I, and, uh, I mean... Tony knows a lot of people. I know quite a bit of people. I'm trying to get people on the show here, um, and, and uh, I'm always asking. So, uh, we'll, for sure, we'll do this again, uh, hopefully, 
I'll get an answer for Thursday. If not, we can always do it uh, uh, for sure next week. We'll, we'll, we'll try to do it once a week anyway, Stephanie. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's excellent. Thanks so much, Nick. You have a great night. Thank you, guys. See you later, Tony. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Nick. So. Bye. And then there were two. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So it's you and me. Uh, yeah. I, I Again, let's talk Occupy because uh, I yeah. can never talk enough about it. Uh, so <laughs> where would you, where were you involved in Portland or – uh yeah I was so I was actually in college in Olympia but Portland was my hometown uh so I I think I actually made it out to Olympia's more um yeah I I guess I was more involved with Olympia and yourself where were you well it's kind of funny um I live in Connecticut and about uh two hours from New York City. But I never got down to Zuccotti Park. I always was in uh, the Occupy Connecticut, um, Occupy New Haven, Occupy Hartford uh, groups. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, an amazing experience. Uh, It changed my life forever. September 11th, 2017. Forever changed. September 17th, 2011, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it was powerful. It was. Um, I think probably the hardest thing, though, was seeing these people spend sometimes as much as an hour trying to get their chance to say something, and then they would say it, and then it was just lost. It was just gone now. And even if we had a really good conversation, that was something that happened in one uh, general assembly in one city in one nation, like it just, it didn't have the ability to spread the way it needed to. Right. Right. And, and you're, and from that experience, law gen was born and. Yeah. Uh, also there was a few other influences. This wasn't, uh, I didn't have this idea alone. There was, uh, there was this really cool, uh, it's still up there on Vimeo. If you go to Vimeo, you can find it. It's, um, it's called the coalition of the willing. And it's it's a great little video that just it outlines the way that instead of us depending on these damn politicians, we could create a library for all the best ideas known to our species and then be making decisions from that library. And I remember I was so inspired when I saw that video and I reached out to some of the people who produced it and I asked them, okay, where is this movement going? Where are you guys? What's up? And they were like, uh, we just made a video. That's that's all it is. It's just a video. We had an idea and we put it out there. And uh, I I thought that was mind blowing. And um, eventually uh, contacted people in the Zeitgeist movement, and I asked them, "Your guys' media is so cool. People love you guys, but how?" will the controversial decisions be made? Like, I get you have a resource-based economy, but, like, abortion or something that that there's no clear winning side, just an inherently extremely controversial thing. Um, Maybe it's really not. Maybe in a hundred years we're going to scoff at the idea that killing a wad of cells the size of a fucking bean is nothing like eliminating a sentient life form and that actually killing a pig is more serious than killing a 
a bean-sized mass of cells uh, that are human. But uh, for now, it's incredibly controversial. And so I just wanted to know how will the controversial decisions be made. And, and he said, we don't, we don't have a system. Um, and so basically I, I came to a point where this was early on in my college education. Occupy has happened. I knew there was a problem my whole life. But you, finally you see other people recognize there's a problem. You see these other great ideas popping up, but people just hadn't amalgamated all of this into uh, a clear answer. Right. And uh, that's where my own love of freedom and psychedelics came in. You know, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I hope, I hope if we succeed that it will be known to history that psychedelics influenced this process. It was it, uh, because really you think about what it means to be intelligent and you sort of, at least Western perspectives of intelligence, we think that having hope is stupid. We think that, like, as you get smarter, you get sadder because you stop being able to believe in, in lies and stuff. Um, right. and I think really the, the West has just the most convoluted idea of what intelligence means. To I me, believe something. Yeah, right? Like, if, if, if your mm-hmm. intelligence doesn't serve your community and it doesn't make you happy and it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill you, then you, you can call that intelligence the same way we can call any software AI, but it's not really intelligence until it, it gets to a point where it, it makes its own life better <laughs> somehow, you know? And right. I think, that's what, I think that's what psychedelics teach us is that, like, if you're really smart, where the fuck is your joy? Where is your pleasure? Where is your gratification? Where is your, your deep sense of mystery and, and disbelief? Like, where is your depth? Where is it? Um, that's, that, yeah. that's, that's what's lacking. And depth is the word. People are so shallow and so um, yeah. immediate gratification, immediate, immediate. No one could see the long term, the big picture. The right. uh, the the joy and specifically the one percent that hoard all the cash. Uh, how can yeah. they sleep at night knowing they're holding humanity hostage? How can they just numb themselves with whatever drug they're taking and and money? I mean, it's really disgusting. Know, it is. Did you know that there's a whole field of psychology specially catered for them? No, I did not know that. Yeah, there there are psychologists who specialize in working with rich people because, well, I mean, for one, you got to understand, they have totally different messages. To me, psychology is is basically communications. If you don't understand communication, if you don't understand messages, you cannot understand psychology because our psychology is, is bits traveling, and those bits have connotative meaning and um, and and. Uh, so basically, if you're a rich person, you know what you're telling yourself. You know what those people are telling themselves that they can't be telling themselves that they're the parasite who holds humanity back. That's that that doesn't work for them. Uh, they're not raised to think that either. Everyone around them is engaged in groupthink with all their servants fueling it. Oh yes, Mr. Piddleton or whatever. Um, so uh, Mr. Smithers, you know. Uh, so uh, basically, for them, what they what the, the, they believe is that they are um, captains of industry, and that they create um, demand. That they that, like they'll they'll actually think that a store succeeded because their their advertising 
rather than the fact that people inherently need certain things. They really buy into the idea that demand is manufactured, that it's it's produced by advertising, and that's the goal of an advertiser is to produce demand. So, yes, some of that does happen and it is real, but if people didn't need shoes, your shoe company wouldn't work. Uh, right. Your division right. of Walmart couldn't sell shoes. So at the end of the day, they, it's all just convoluted <clears throat> nonsense. Um, and and so they're they're always trying to basically look at shinier, nicer things to to be distracted. Um, and yeah, they they'll try their coke and hookers and stuff too. But after a while, that gets old. And you actually see, you can see it in the medical record, as a, as a human being gets more wealthy, you see that the rate of disease drops, right? At first, like if you're super poor, you got the most disease. And if you're moderately rich, you're, you have far less disease than people who are like eating out of dumpsters and shit, um, especially like in like landfills, like third world countries where like the, the right. it's like a whole giant fucking landfill there now. Um, but if you get super rich, when you look at the medical, the, 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 expect, the life expectancy of super rich people, the fucking filthiest richest people on earth, you see that they actually have more disease than people who are less rich than them because there's all this stress and uh, and also possibly fucking assassination. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but uh, when you get more powerful, there's just you have all this stuff and anyone could poison you or you right. know, we don't know if all that's from stress. Some of that might actually be subterfuge. Right, right. That is true, and and even myself attempting and thinking about running for the governorship and and uh, it being kind of a reality at this point that it really could happen um, because I can't do it without Bernie's endorsement. I'll never be able to raise enough money on my own without it. But uh, with his endorsement, that's what it comes down to, and his backing. Um, I, I get concerned too because I'm going to come out of left field. Now they com- the the local media yeah. completely ignored my candidacy, but the Washington yeah. Post and national media picked it up, and uh, they they did they did everything they could just like Bernie to put me down, you know, to not cover yeah. me as much as they could, you know. So uh, yeah. dealing with that, and now if I if I come out of nowhere and Bernie does endorse me, that's going to expose me. So I have to think about those same things as going forward too. You know those security concerns. Yeah. Uh, did you hear? Uh, I mean, MLK Jr. was was assassinated, and the government, the U.S. government, even uh, determined that that was that. That it was probably the CIA. I've heard there's a lot of murky stuff in our past. They, they firebombed the Black Wall Street or whatever it was called. Right. Um, there's just there's just a lot of violence out there, and there's a lot of people who think, okay, what's today's obstacle? How do I murder it or character assassinate it or something? Right. Um, right. So yeah, there's a bed of vipers I, up there. I I want to tell you a little bit about Sandersville. I don't know if you've uh, if uh, Nick has told you about it, but very little. Go, shoot. Sandersville was born out of my desire and frustration of Bernie losing the nomination 
and yeah. uh, wanting to live a life of direct democracy now. Um, wanting yeah. to create that Occupy experience every day of my life uh, with a, a commu- an intentional community based on direct democracy is what I want Sandersville to be. I found a golf course in Western Massachusetts that's for sale that I think would be an ideal spot for it. So I want to crowdfund it. I have a Facebook group with about 200 people in it that are excited about the idea. And um, I just put together a GoFundMe to put together the money to get get a – I haven't decided whether I want it to be a nonprofit or if I want it to be a benefit corporation because as – Part of this, and I'm not sure if it's going to be a part of it because I have to talk to a lawyer. Um, I want to convert, and this is what I, one of the things I ran on uh, in my congressional campaign, that I wanted to convert the uh, abandoned, decaying factories into vertical uh, organic farms oh. yeah. um, and use, and also for housing and make them into co-ops for the homeless and disadvantaged. Uh, if there's one thing that Connecticut and the Northeast and a lot of the country has a lot of abandoned factories, um, and we need to protect our, our crops from climate change as well. So I thought that was a good idea. <sighs> it sounds like it. It sounds like you're going to have a lot of technical issues, though, and like um, having a, a strong direct democracy website like LodgeIn online would be helpful to your community because Absolutely. Uh, when, you, when you start bringing in, like I know in Olympia we wanted to make shelters for, for the extremely economically disadvantaged, but you have to understand that a lot of those people have serious uh, have serious Mental issues. Problems. Some are right. psychological, some are, uh, I'm, I'm dare I say addiction is not psychological, but it's uh, perhaps a different nature. You have people who are possibly kind of violent sometimes, like, you know, so like you, you have to be, and it's like, where do you draw the line? Uh, and how, how do you have those lines in place without it being a dictatorship? You know, there's a lot of, of hard work that goes into uh, actualizing such a beautiful vision as that. And I think you're totally on the right page. I just think that all these movements really sort of need um they need their they need their their infrastructure up already they need they really need someone to succeed at one of these sites right that right. way people can see it working in Sanderville log on to the same fucking website and start trying it out in their city exactly well that was that's my that was my goal is to make this like the example of what direct democracy could be Yep. And then replicate. You know, the, and then the holy and, grail. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what it is. You know, That's you have the ultimate the ultimate occupy uh commune, you know, to be yeah. replicated worldwide, you know. Yep. <laughs> How we I could know. all live diversely together in harmony, you know. It's really yep. not that difficult. It really isn't. Yeah, it's it's not. People and it's that's one of the saddest things about working on net democracy is like before we have the proof of concept online where where we're at right now, there's like there's we're we're pitching an idea to people and people seem to just latch onto the first excuse for why they shouldn't have to lift a finger. 
I don't know if you've experienced that, but they'll they just think of, they they're not even like thinking of counter arguments for their argument or like how it could be solved because like each one of these technical problems isn't that hard. One of the most um, most respected arguments against net democracy or direct democracy or direct representation or referendums or any of this is that people, when given the chance, will overspend and undertax, right? But that's really that's not some ultimate limit barrier we can't get past. I mean, that's as, that's as simple to overcome as making it so that as programming it so that when someone drops a proposition, it says it has a little place to say what will this cost, and another place to say where it will come from. You just you just got to make it complex enough to handle all the needs for the system but the like none of these barriers are actually true barriers they're just simple design challenges that often aren't even hard to overcome uh, I the see the future I it's see like the they're future. arguing for the slave masters yeah and like here you and me are and these other people with the vision and it, it's so clear why the fuck would our species not use <laughs> networking technology to not have to use these asshats anymore? We hate the asshats. They have a 9% approval rating. It's like, like, duh, you know, but still here these other people are being like, oh, people are too dumb to rule themselves. Like, you just insulted yourself. I want to invoke someone's name that I completely idolize and... <laughs> Keep close to my keep close to my heart because he died not in vain. And I'm sure you will know his name as soon as I say it, Aaron Schwartz. Um yeah. you know, he died for our right to have knowledge. He fucking did. And, you know, and I hold him so close to my heart and because he's the same age as my son or was and uh Right. I always felt like this this could have been my son and I Yeah. He was such an amazing 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 person and I and what this government did to him I will never forgive. And the I will terrorism. They said we're going to take your fucking life yes. away from you. Yes. Your whole life. You're going to spend, you're going to rot away in some stupid little hole instead of realizing your your intelligence for the better of the species. Like, (sighs) yeah, I think, I think many people feel your pain there. And I, and, and, and that's what drives me. You know, every day I wake up, you know, I make my phone calls to Congress. You know, I make my phone calls. I do my shit. And I'm like, you know, I do this for you, you son of a bitch, Aaron, because you're not going to die in vain. I'm not going to let it happen. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. God damn it. <laughs> totally. No. There was, I've, had, I've had points in my own journey with this where it was hard, and I didn't, I didn't know if I'd ever succeed, I, you know, and uh, especially when you have, like, when the team is just, it's just you and your idea. Like, that is the hardest point to move forward right. from, and it just seemed like years went by. It just seemed like I was going to have to keep – sucking capitalism's dick instead of working on this thing for humanity. I just was right. barely surviving the whole time. And then there would be points where I almost felt like giving up. And I thought, are you really going to, no, I thought, but then the bullies win. And I'd be like, 
fuck that, and I get right back to work. You know? That's right. Fuck That's them. right. Fuck those monsters. They need to. They can't be allowed to have all this power. I showed up every day. Occupy uh, wasn't being covered in the news anymore, but I still showed up every day as if it were the heat of the moment. And I, when I tell you, I was struck by lightning when I discovered Occupy on that fateful day. I have, I took a picture because I was so in awe of what I felt. I took a picture <laughs> of myself. I couldn't believe Wait, it. Americans I was just... <laughs> not asleep. Oh my god. <laughs> I said, my revolution is here. I've been praying yeah. for this for so long. And yeah. to watch it grow all over the world, and it was just such an amazing thing. But, yeah. you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the movement of Nui Dubu. Nope. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Media blackout. Google okay. N-U-I-T. D is in David, E, B is in boy, O, U, T. It is the French Occupy movement. Um, uh, it started in March. They showed up in Paris, millions. And from that point on, they were occupying their public squares at night because they said we were going to stand up at night so we're not going to be on our knees during the day. Oh, that was their. That's the tagline for Nuit Debu. Uh, N U I T. One word. D E B O U T. Okay. I'm curious what that means. I am the official Nuit Debu USA on Twitter and Facebook. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I had to take that. As soon as I learned about it, I was like, ha ha, that's mine. Because I'm bringing this home. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I stood by myself in downtown of my town, Torrington, with a sign. I think it was May 15th. They had another, uh, protest. And I tried to get people to come, and no one came. I didn't care. I stood down there by myself. And uh, yeah. until my arms gave out from holding the sign, and uh, you know, if I had to do it by myself, I don't care, because I'm gonna stand up for what I believe in, and I, and and whether if I have to do it alone, I don't care, because when I go to bed at night, I have to know I did everything I could today, to try to make yep. this place better, because yep. you know, we're in a really sad shape. We are. At the same and, time, we're in a golden age. It's a very right. conflicting situation. It, you're know? right. You're right. Because, I mean, yeah, it's a golden age, but we're also we're down to our last third of agricultural soil, and it takes eight, it was like 500 to 2,000 years to grow one inch of soil. So, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, nature produces soil incredibly slow, and we were just destroying it like a bunch of fucking idiots. Wow, um, I didn't realize. Uh, that. Fortunately, there are there's aquaponics, you know, so maybe there won't be some giant societal collapse. But um, we are just not in control of what we're doing, you know. And and so yes, we're it's a golden age, but also our ability to destroy ourselves is accelerating. So well, we're on the we're on the problem. we're on the we very, do, we we're on the edge. 
We're on the razor's yeah. edge. We're either, we could even fall and let it slice us in half. We're standing on the edge of the razor. Yeah, I mean, technically it might already be too late. Have you heard yeah, about the, the the possibility of a of a runaway climate change scenario? Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, according to the U.S. Geological Survey, there's over twice as much methane in the ocean floors as there is CO2 in the atmosphere, and methane's 20 times more potent as a greenhouse gas. So if we start releasing that crap enough where it starts releasing itself, this whole planet could be like Venus. We could fucking annihilate our entire species, and it might have already be it might have already started. There might already be no hope, but. Um, there is there is hope because we don't have definitive proof one way or the other is happening, and uh, we just we just got to do the best we can because there's a good chance it will normalize out somehow. But uh, we are messing with powerful forces yeah. we do not understand. What, what about that? Fukushima? You know, it's going to contaminate the entire ocean. Uh, yeah, but that that one's tricky because the technically the amount of water in the oceans is so astronomically large that a lot of people are saying uh it we just there's just not enough shit in Fukushima's in, entire facility of nuclear power plants that could um effectively irradiate the ocean as much as people think it oh. is at oh, the same time uh, at the okay, same time I think we should be out there with Geiger counters and proving it with data you know like I right. get to use math based on data and I appreciate that and that's why I'm reiterating their argument but I think that all information needs to be treated with incredible criticism especially when it's something that could benefit a multi-billion dollar corporation so uh, I, you know, I, I commend everyone out there with an actual Geiger counter taking the numbers, testing the fish and then doing the good work doing the, the, the real work well well, we're, it seems that we're headed to the close here, and this yeah. has been a pleasure meeting you, Tony. Really, Indeed. my my honor. I am so excited about your project. I am going to promote it every second of the day. Thank you. Um, God, if we can just get, like, seven programmers, we'll have what we need to make this thing happen. Well, all you um, have to do is go to idealist.org. You'll get them. I will. I'll them. totally go there. But uh, just, <laughs> just in case, be sure to... Let the community oh, know absolutely. we need support. We need we need oh, you I guys will. To help. So, thank you. I will definitely broadcast that out. Definitely. And I'm mad grateful for your broadcast and for all the work you've been doing throughout the past and probably the future too. So it's uh awesome meeting you and uh, I guess I'll I'll be signing out now too. Okay, we're gonna sign out with uh, the song from David Crosby, which is called Names. It's a very short one. It's about a minute. Stay on to listen. Take care. Have cool. a good night. Bye bye. Who are the men who really run this land? And why do they run it with such a thoughtless hand? What are their names? And on what streets do they live? I'd like to ride right over this afternoon and give them a piece of my mind about peace for mankind. 
Thank you.